Souls perish in spite of my bitter passion. These are the words that our Lord spoke to St. Faustina, this Polish nun, back in the 1930s. He said, Souls perish in spite of my bitter passion. I am giving them the feast of my mercy. If they will not adore my mercy, they will perish for all eternity. Tell souls about this great mercy of mine, because the awful day, the day of my justice, is near. The end is near. The final judgment is coming soon, ever sooner than before. And because of this, our Lord, in his love and his compassion for us, has given us this great feast that we're celebrating today, the Feast of Divine Mercy, the Solemnity of Divine Mercy, uh, in order to get us ready to be prepared for that day of judgment. Because it's so close, our Lord chose to work through this Polish nun, St. Faustina, to ask for the entirety of the church to celebrate this feast on this day, um, the eighth day of Easter. We celebrate Easter Day for eight days as a solemnity. And um, this is the greatest of the days. Everything else points forward to this, to this feast of mercy. This is what you heard about in the gospel reading. Our Lord gave the disciples the authority to forgive sins, to bring that great mercy. That was a result of all of his work, his death, his resurrection. Everything points forward to this mercy. And so because we're so close to the end, our Lord wanted to give this feast to us, to you and to me. Uh, and so it was first asked for back by our Lord back in the 1930s. It was put into place by John Paul II, now St. John Paul II, um, shortly after he canonized um, this religious sister back around the year 2000. Our Lord said to St. Faustina, he said on that day, priests are to tell everyone about my great and unfathomable mercy. Hardened sinners will repent on hearing their words, the compassion that I have for them. So that's what I'd like to do today. I'd like to tell you about this great and unfathomable mercy and um, to help you uh, to soften your heart, to repent, to turn fully to the Lord for that mercy that he offers to you. Now, many folks, especially this day and age, say, oh, well, I'm a pretty good person. I don't need to repent. I don't need to go to confession. You know, I don't really have that many sins. And uh, if I were to die, I would just go right to heaven. There wouldn't be anything to worry about. I'd be, I'd be good to go because God is merciful and, and I fully trust in that. They have a misunderstanding about God's mercy and about God's justice. Today, on this Feast of Mercy, um, we, I'm going to try to help to explain this and why, what this mercy means. You can't understand mercy if you don't understand justice, okay? And, and what this means. So, we have an, I'll give you an example. Let's take two, take two sons, two boys, young boys living at home, still with their mother. We're going to call them Dwight and Jim, all right? And so, so Dwight and Jim, they've just celebrated Easter and, uh, Jim has already eaten his Easter bunny, and he's still hungry, and so he goes and he steals Dwight's Easter bunny, and he eats all of Dwight's Easter bunny. 
And Dwight is very angry about this when he finds out that his brother, Jim, has stolen his Easter bunny. And there's no getting it back at this point. He's very angry. He feels that this great injustice has been done against him. So these two brothers are fighting about this. Well, you know, Jim says, you left it out, and da-da-da, and all these different things back and forth that, that brothers do. So mom comes out. She sends Jim to his room for this wrong that he's done against his brother. This uh, can be compared to sin. This is what sin does, is it separates us. Okay? So Jim goes to his room. He's there isolated. He's there by himself. And he's thinking about what happened with his brother. And he's thinking about his life. And he's thinking about his mother and how much his mom loves him and how, you know, she lets him live here at this house. She takes care of him. And she puts up with all him, him and Dwight's fighting back and forth and waking her up in the middle of the night and all these crazy things. Uh, you know, this could be compared to our Lord, right? In his death for us, he puts up with lots of suffering, lots of offenses against himself, and he still cares for us, forgives us, loves us, as this mother does for her sons. And so Jim's thinking about this, and he decides because of his mother's love, he doesn't want to be separated from her anymore. And so he comes out of the room, he goes and talks to his mother, and he says to her, you know, I'm sorry for what I did uh, to Dwight, you know, eating his Easter bunny. And, of course, his mother is, is overjoyed about being reunited with her son, about him coming back. Uh, and he apologizes, you know, to, to Dwight, too, for eating the Easter bunny. But there's a problem. Uh, there is reconciliation that's been taking place. You know, we could compare this to, uh, you know, the eternal separation that sin causes. So through forgiveness, this has been removed. They're, they're not separated anymore. But there's still an injustice. And Dwight knows this. He is still Easter bunnyless, And he is not happy about this. Okay? So this can be compared to... Uh, the temporary consequences of sin. So even after God has forgiven your sins, you've been reconciled, you've been brought back together, there's still some issues when it comes to justice, some temporary consequences of sin. And if you don't bring to justice through your own life uh, those temporary consequences of sin, uh, through your actions, your prayers, through your works, through your sufferings, the Lord, because he's merciful after you die, he allows you to finish up that process after death. This is what we call purgatory or purification, kind of making sure that everything is perfectly just because God's justice is perfect. So even after your sins have been forgiven, there's still some justice issues to work through. Ideally, you'll do it in this life, but if you die, you haven't rejected God completely, you're still part of the family, you can work it out in the next life. Now, we see this, for example, with our Lord's parable of Lazarus and the rich man. You remember the rich man, he lived lavishly, and then Lazarus, this poor beggar that lived at his doorstep, basically, had sores and was poor. This is an injustice, right? So God had given uh, all this great wealth to this man, but all that he's given us, he doesn't give just for us, he gives it to the whole world to share. But this rich man didn't share with Lazarus. And so in the afterlife, we see that the rich man is in like all these flames. Some people think this is hell. But our Lord in this parable makes it clear that this is not hell. And Lazarus, he's with Abraham in paradise. Um, there's a separation there, but they can still talk to each other in this parable. But it's not hell because the rich man, he has hope of getting out of there one day. He has hope that 
that asking our Lord, hey, send Lazarus over there, put some water on my tongue to cool, to cool me amongst these flames. He also, he calls Abraham father. He still considers himself to be part of the family. And Abraham, when he's talking to this rich man, he calls him son. So this rich man is working through these injustices that he never took care of here on this earth. Okay, so this is what God does. He allows us to work things out in the afterlife uh, if, these, if there's injustices that haven't been taken care of. All right? However, there's a way to skip over even that, okay? to go directly to heaven, to not go through a painful purification process. Uh, here in this world, in this life, this is where divine mercy comes into play, what we're celebrating today. Okay? So back to the Easter bunnies. We have... Uh, um, Jim owes Dwight an Easter bunny, but he's he's kid. He's poor. Doesn't have any money. So, what's he going to do? How's he going to take care of this? He goes to his mother, and he asks for help. And she's generous and loving and merciful. So she gives she gives Jim some money. Jim goes and he buys an Easter bunny. He gives it to his brother. So the injustice has been righted at this point. The brothers are happy. Everything is good. This can be compared to what the church calls a plenary indulgence. Okay? The plenary indulgence doesn't replace Christ's sacrifice on the cross, you know, healing those eternal separations, but it does take care of the temporary consequences of sin, these other injustices that have to be completed before one is in heaven. Okay? And so sometimes you might not have the ability enough sufferings and prayers and good works to take care of those injustices on your own. But the church has this thing called the treasury of merit, meaning that our Lord and the Blessed Mother and some of the saints, all the saints probably, did even more than their share. And so they have extra that they can be passed on merits. And we're family. We can share these things. Uh, because We see examples of people sharing in, in the scriptures, you know, uh, when our Lord, when, when Abraham was praying about for Sodom, and he's like, Lord, don't destroy this city if there is just but 10 people. So those righteous people are going to share their righteousness with the unrighteous people. But sharing takes place. We see this in various different places in the scripture. So with the plenary indulgence, you ask the Lord to take some of those extra merits that the church has in his treasury and to share them with you, to take care of those, that, those lack of justices in your own life. And if you do this, and you die in this state, having all those things taken care of, gotten a plenary, which means a whole indulgence, you'll be able to skip over heaven. Or don't ask about heaven, don't do that. So you want to skip over purgatory and go right to heaven, okay? So this is where divine mercy comes in today. So on this feast of divine mercy, we remember these great mercies that's given us by the church. And you have this opportunity to gain a plenary indulgence Today, you can. So there's a few requirements to get this. You need to um, go to confession. So Father Jim's out there. He's in the confessional. And you, can, you can go out the door right now. He's waiting for you. So we want to make it nice and easy. You can go to confession. got to go to confession. Uh, receive communion. Pray for the intentions of, of the Holy Father, Pope Francis, for whatever he's praying for this month. Uh, let's see. Be detached from the affection for sin. Um, you know, this kind of attachment you have, this, this liking for sin. Say no to that. 
Then take part in prayers and devotions held in honor of divine mercy. So today after Mass, we're going to be praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet together, and you can participate in that. So if you do these things, in exchange, you will obtain what's called a plenary indulgence. And if you were to die in this state, you would go directly to heaven. If for some reason you don't meet some of the qualifications, don't do some of the things that's required for this indulgence, it won't be plenary, it'll be partial. So it'll still help you, but it won't erase everything. Okay? But this is a great mercy that the Lord gives to us on this Sunday, on Divine Mercy Sunday. Okay? Um, so, in response to Divine Mercy, this great offering of our Lord, you're called today, I know one of the big things, the big stickler thing that stops people is getting to confession. So I want to talk about that just, just for a minute here. Um, getting to confession. We heard about in the gospel. Our Lord gave the disciples, the leaders of the church, the ability to forgive sins in his name. It's really Christ who forgives the sins. Not me or Father Jim. It's really Christ who does it. But does it through his church. But the problem is, a lot of folks don't want to go to confession. They're like, well, you know, I don't really need to go. My sins aren't that bad, they say. Now, if you think your sins aren't that bad, this is what's called pride, right? So, which is kind of a bad sin. Because um, you think, think you're pretty good and your sins aren't too bad. So that's called pride. Uh, so go, if you're in that state, go to confession. Uh, or the other, other one that stops people is they're embarrassed. I don't want to tell Father. I don't want to tell like another person like what I did. That's, that's, I'll, be, I'll be very embarrassed to do that. Uh, uh, and that's also called pride, right? Because you see yourself really good and you want other people to see you in a really good way. Uh, so give up those things. Give up those prideful things. Be willing to humble yourself and, and, and go to confession. Um, the devil likes to use shame to stop people from going to confession. When you go to do the sin, first time, there's no shame. The devil's like, oh, you can do this, no big deal, it'll be fine. He removes all the shame from you. But then when it's time for confession, he like lays it on. You know, and you're like, oh no, I don't want to confess. I feel so bad. I feel so, sh- so much shame. Don't give in to that. When you, when you lift the lid on all the shame that's festering there and then let the light get to it, that's where healing begins. So take courage. The scriptures say over and over again, do not fear. Take courage. Don't be scared. Go to confession anyway. Get those sins forgiven. Get those things taken care of. I can guarantee you that Father will not be shocked by your sins. Uh, he will be rejoicing with you on how you're turning to the Lord, how you're choosing to overcome the devil to move from good to better. So don't be afraid. Go to confession. Receive of this great grace. Um, so that's one of the big things that stop people from receiving this plenary indulgence. The second thing is in response to this, this feast, we're called to, as our Lord has given mercy to us, to be merciful to others. Uh, our Lord told this to St. Faustina. We see this in Scripture too. Be merciful as your Father is merciful. So in response to God's great mercy, we need to be living out lives of mercy. Feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, clothe the naked, visit the imprisoned, shelter the homeless, visit the sick, bury the dead. These are called the corporal works of mercy, taking care of the body. Then the spiritual works of mercy, instruct the ignorant, counsel the doubtful, admonish sinners, bear wrongs patiently, forgive offenses willingly. Comfort the afflicted. Pray for the living and the dead. Our Lord is returning soon. And so he's given us this great feast. He could have given it, you know, any time throughout the 2,000-year history of the church, but he's giving it to us now because it's so close to the end. 
this opportunity to partake of the unfathomable riches of his mercy. The church gives this thing called this plenary indulgence, which even removes the temporary consequences of sin. So if you were to pass in this state, you'd go directly to heaven. So respond with courage, get to confession, get these things taken care of. Be merciful to others. Live out that mercy daily that God may be glorified. Amen.